Welcome to the KML Messcast. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. So goddamn rude. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello? You play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Welcome in. Welcome in to another edition of the Camel Messcast. This is the week 12 edition of the Camel Messcast. I'm your host, Maine. It is November 20th at 8.45 in the p.m. And thank you for joining us. We are two weeks away from playoffs. Things are starting to get a little crazy. We've run some analysis. We've run some data. We've run some Monte Carlo simulations, hot Carlo simulations, and we're going to get into it. So without further ado, let's just keep rolling because we have a calling guest, and I think it's going to take a little bit of time, and I'm going to try to keep this to a manageable amount of, uh, of um, time. Doing a great job right now of keeping things short. But anyway, we're going to move right into it. Let's get a recap of what happened last week. Weekly Recap. Last week was a good week for some, not such a good week for others. First game up, we had Reed and Dwayne Bow just getting by the Goat Train 131 to 123. Uh, was a little bit of a pucker there. Goat Train was making a strong comeback, thought if you'd get more out of Philip Rivers and did not get it, so the Reading Dwayne and Bows took the win there. Straight Bums Homie squeaking by the Bodfather by the slimmest of margins, 112 to 111. Uh, getting some good performances out of Lamar Jackson, Stephon Diggs, and the Baltimore defense. And I believe three three people on his team essentially scored zero and still was able to put up 112 and get a win. Uh, so good for him. Fighting for 11 and getting by over Ertz, 113.5 to 107.8. Fighting for 11, getting Gurley and Kamara rolling again. And over Ertz, I thought he might pull this one out, but in the end just came up slightly short. Uh, Captain Scurve, 106.1, kicking the shit out of the Cabo Ghosts, 80.6. Cabo Ghosts got a little bit unlucky, had Marlon Mack get hurt during the game, also had Tyreek Hill get hurt during the game. And when you got two guys that are getting hurt early, it's going to be tough to compete with that. So... Uh, the last game on the docket was the Viceless, 108.7, getting a big win over Chalupa Batman, 82.7. The Viceless picking up his sixth win. And as we know, and we've been talking about uh, almost week in and week out, ever since the preseason show, really, Viceless has never had a seventh win. And by getting his sixth, he's got two weeks to do it. He has two weeks to get his seventh win, so we're going to be keeping a close eye on how his team performs down the stretch. Taking a quick look at the standings now. You're going to have Straight Bums Homie at the top sitting at 9-2, a full game clear of second place Gordon Lucko sitting at 8-3. Now we have a tie at 7-4 between Reading Dwayne Bow and Fighting for 11 for third and fourth place respectively. Then we have a block of six teams, Goat Train, Cabo Ghost, The Viceless, and Chalupa Batman all sitting at six wins for spots 5 through 8. Captain Skurve holding on to his playoff hopes at 5-6, sitting back in ninth place. Then King Park over Ertz and the Bodfather at 3 wins, 2 wins, and 1 win respectively. And all are effectively out of playoffs. No chance at this point. Just playing for pride and playing to not buy the keg for the year-end party. Either way, I'm excited it's going to be Natter Day. So, all right. What are we going to get into next? Let's take a look at some transactions. Trades and Transactions. Again, another week with no trade, so transactions was pretty light. We did have a little bit of a high noon 
uh, waiver rush. Gordon Luck was spending $28 on Jonathan Williams, the running back for Indianapolis. Uh, looks like he might be picking up the torch for Marlon Mack while he's hurt for a few weeks. Go train, spending more money on defense. Cleveland defense for 11 bucks. Might as well spend it if you got. And also getting that Baker Mayfield uh, card for another 10 bucks of fab. And King Park coming away with Bo Scarborough, whoever that is. I know it's a new running back for, the, for Detroit, but wasn't he not even on the team like two weeks ago or something? Isn't he like brand new? But anyway, uh, he got Bo Scarborough there. And uh, everybody else, really nothing out there to see a whole bunch. Everything was just kind of adding and filling spots for this last round of bye weeks before we get into the last two weeks of the season. So pretty boring trades and transactions. But I'll tell you what's not boring. And what's not boring is our call-in guest this week. I'm excited to get into it. So let's just get there without further ado. Hello, motherfucker. Call-in guest. This week's calling guest, I'm very, very excited to have him on uh, here being two weeks out. I left in the regular season, two weeks out from playoffs. We are able to start running some scenarios. And this this owner right here has really been instrumental in so many ways, running Monte Carlo simulations and was able to bring me some really, really interesting analysis that I want to get him on the phone to talk about. So let's dial him up right now. Let's see if he uh, answers up the phone. So. Hello, Mr. Reader, Mr. Chris Rogers, the owner of Reading Dwayne Bow in the KML. Welcome to the Mess Cast. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. We, we really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about this uh, Monte Carlo simulation you sent me, this PDF. A lot of good information in here. I think a lot of stuff we can talk about. Yes, uh, I was pretty excited. I found it and was able to get it to run through our league and give us all this extra data for us to to churn over now we will have that pdf available for those who want it maybe we'll put it in the chirp or something but uh i think we can talk through some of these highlights because i i'm not gonna lie i looked through and it made me laugh really hard for a couple of these things um yeah i put it on drive and then i was planning on sharing it with the rest of the people after we had done this and needed to get it out there I like it. I like it. Okay, so I guess let's just get right into this. Uh, let's get right into, we know, I mean, where do you want to start? I'll, I'll let you drive on the PDF. I'll, this is your show. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll also add some color commentary and let you uh, guide through this document. Well, I guess we just start at the top of the, the chart there with the league standings. And, I mean, I think we all know that, though, so I'm not sure we need to go too much into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing as we have the top six with the uh, – Wingus, Rob, me, Vitaly, Joel, and Bill right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then a couple sitting there at the same record with you and uh, Moto. Yep. 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 On the Good. outside looking in. So. And then uh, I think uh, as we play off probabilities below that would I show that. Say, I will say, just to preface this, because I did notice. It does not take into consideration the tiebreaker rules that we have in our league. It doesn't do the head-to-head, so it's just going off points scored for. So, like, for example, okay. in the standing section, it says I'm seventh. However, I am sixth. I'm not trying to sell myself short here. However, I love the playoff probabilities. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, so they have it as Wingus and Rob do not need any more wins. 100% in. 100% in. Locked them. Locked them in. Um... Wingus at a 75% chance of the number one seed, according to the Monte Carlo. So, And how many Monte Carlo simulations is that run on? 
That ran 100,000 Monte Carlo. Hot Carlo. The hottest of Carlos. 100,000 simulations. This is the results we're getting. So, and he can't even finish worse than fourth, and fourth is a one and a half percent chance. So uh, he's he's sitting pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. About a ninety percent chance of getting a first round buy. Nice. Oh, he's he's happy. And nine ones will do that. Nine two, a, a full game clear of second place. Uh, he, he's he's sitting pretty. Yep. And then um, it believes that uh, myself and Vitali would not need another win. <laughs> but we still have a chance to miss the playoffs. It's just very small, according to the Carlo, at 99 for myself and 96% for Vitaly. Yo, you guys are locked in. So that basically locks in our top four, according to the 100,000 Monte Carlo simulations. Hoo-ha, Carlo! <laughs> Hottest of Carlos. That's what I'm talking about. And then uh, it has uh, Joel and... The Chalupa Batman has uh, the next two highest percentages, 68 for Joel and uh, 57 for Bill. But as we know, that's not taking in our tiebreakers right now. So that's just going off the points scored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then yourself at 34 with followed by the Vice List at 26 and uh, Captain Scurve at 16. Still and then we have... Shot. Turo, Scott, and Jared all at 0%. Three teams mathematically eliminated, according to Carlo. Two, well, really four locked in. So it, right now, by my math, I got one, two, three, four. Was that five teams for two spots pretty much left? Ooh, it's going to be a brutal last two weeks. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of puckering, I believe. Oh, it starts right now. It starts right now. All right, page three. I love when we get into some of these other things. I, I thought this was really fun. Oh, so yeah, they have a uh, team power rankings, um, which is just, according to it, average of weekly score, your coaching efficiency, and luck ranks, which, diving into that a little bit, I guess, your coaching efficiency is if you play in your players that get the most points on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not leaving a lot of points on your bench, maximizing your starting roster. Yep, and then uh, the luck, I think, is going by your average score, and then it goes... Um, yeah, how are you hitting your average score constantly? Are you you know having some huge weeks and then some real down weeks and just bouncing around everywhere? Yeah, I liked it because I read more about the the luck rank, and we're gonna get into that in a second too. But uh, I thought it was really cool because the luck rank would give you credit as being unlucky if say you had like the second highest point scored on the week but took a loss because you were unlucky to play the guy who scored the highest points that's we're going to get into that later i want to talk specifically about that that we will have yes a very specific situation for that (laughs) exactly all right so team power rankings quick highlights what do we got um this week they have uh myself and vitaly as uh the top two followed by rob uh wingus Moto, Minot, Scott, Joel, Jared. They got you at the bottom, actually. I don't oh, know. So. What? They got me at the bottom? <laughs> for this week. For this week only, oh, it looks like. Um, oh, yeah. Then yes. I'm, I'm uh, this week. I'm terrible this week. They have uh, season averages. They got Rob as the uh, – he's been number one overall this season, followed by Wingus, myself, and Vitaly. Uh, and then the Joel and yourself would round out the top six that there. That sounds more, more right. And who, and who has been the worst – uh, we had two tied at ninth. We had Moto and Minot tied at ninth. Then we had the Bothfather at tenth. And look at the look at who's in last place. 
all by himself. Last place, Matt Turo in Team Power Rankings. Boy, that's tough. His average yeah, has not been, been been great this season. Hasn't so great. Okay, I think we can skip the Z score. Getting into yeah, that one. Uh, team score rankings. No surprises there. We we know who's been scoring all the points every week, so I think we can kind of skip through that. Uh, team okay, team coaching efficiency. I thought was awesome. I thought this was a very interesting metric. Now again, this metric measures how well you are putting your best, highest scoring players into your starting lineup, not leaving those points on the bench on a week to week basis. Yes, and I believe what we're looking at was this week's, and then they have your season average over to the side. Yes. Um, so Vitaly hit. Uh, he had every right guy in this week and had a hundred percent coaching efficiency. And uh, Rob was very close there as well. Looks like he probably missed one guy because he had a 98%. So, um, but as far as averages, Rob has been doing the best at a 94% coaching efficiency rank. Um, followed by Scott, actually, who well, just, I guess, we'll I find out from really the Lux board. I thought this was really interesting because you see Scott at second place in coaching efficiency and I was surprised and I gave it some thought today and I figured it out. So coaching efficiency, I love the metric. I think it's a really interesting metric. However, it penalizes you if you have good people on your bench because if you have yes. good people on your bench, like, you know, of course, you're, you're still scoring a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I like the metric. I think it's very interesting. However, I do think you have to keep in mind people like Scott can rank second in this when there's no fucking way he should be second in coaching well, efficiency he, overall. He's also, as he's put out there multiple times, he's lost I went four or five games now by like 20 total points. So, true. I mean, very true. Maybe if he played the right guy, which I guess he's playing most of the right guys, he's just getting unlucky. So maybe that'll show in the team luck scores here. <laughs> Speaking of what. Speaking of which, okay, team coaches view, uh, rankings, highlights, we got Rob at one, Scott at two, you at three, Vitaly at four, a bunch of guys in the middle, and then down towards the bottom is uh, Joel was 10, Moto 11, and Turo again. Turo, last place at 12. That's too bad, Turo. I feel bad for you. Not really. I mean, Just kidding. I don't feel that bad because he won the championship last year, but, you know. That's right. Well, he's got Super Bowl hangover this year. Super Bowl hangover. It makes sense. All right. Now, this is the, this is the one I really want to talk about the most. Team luck rankings because I think this is great. Yes, this one is, um, as you were saying earlier, it can show you that it can go negative as well because you may have had the second highest score and played – the guy with the highest score so you would have beat 10 of the other teams but you couldn't beat the last one which happened this week for uh the go train the go he train ran, yes he railed a little bit playing the reading Dwayne bows which i will take full credit for and <laughs> yes. no shame. so i i did have the monday night bucker though with philip rivers i figured he was gonna overcorrect after he's had a couple bad weeks and was gonna go for 35 or 40 on Monday night and I'm glad he uh, did not do that. No, so. he is in uh, firmly in Eli Manning stage career of his career of his uh, his career. So it will be interesting how he, he plays but out there. This also shows you, yeah, how many teams you would have beat um, in the. I have another chart actually. I have to find it. Uh, but it has averages too. See, so he's been the luckiest teams. I, I like this. I thought this was a good metric too. Yeah, and it has uh, Wingus has been the luckiest the so luckiest far, and not by a small margin. Wingus has been thirty percent lucky. 
I know that you, that you have no reference point for 30%, but 30%, the next highest is Moto, and he's 17%. So Wingus has been extremely lucky in his matchups this year. Yes, and then we had Rob this week who was 72% lucky. I don't really know where they, they got that. I, I guess it's because he would have only beat three other teams this week. Must have been, yeah. And um, would have lost to eight teams, but... Uh, so, but we had Joel, yes, who had a negative 90% luck rating this week. <laughs> Thanks to you. After he would have went 10 and one against everyone else. And the one as we know, <laughs> that's a good one. I love that. I love it. So, okay. So we're running down some of these average luck rankings. Wingus has been by far the luckiest team this year. Moto coming in at second at 17%. Third place, yours truly at 17% as well. Uh, then Gordon Lucko has been very lucky as well. And then Minot at five, uh, Vitaly at six, just a little bit at 4%, yourself at three. So pretty, pretty much, I figure if you're at zero, then that's about where you should be overall. Yeah, it means I think your team is playing right. Where You're not really getting lucky. You're not really getting unlucky. You're just yeah. hanging around the median there. and For sure. But Turo again is yeah. down at 11 more time. Bill's been very unlucky. Well, not that unlucky. He's at five, negative 5%. Joel, uh, ninth place, negative 12%. Then we got Scott, negative 13 Porturo, negative 24%, which you would think would be last place until you look at poor, poor Bodfather. Negative 32% lucky on the year. Boy, that's so. You basically have the two drastic. Uh, you have the Wingus's yeah, that have thirty percent lucky. He's the know. unlucky one, and Wingus is the lucky one. And, and I don't think there's any surprise there, judging by both those teams' rosters and their respective uh, uh, ske- uh, not schedules. Uh, records. There, yes. thank you, thank you. Oh, that's a good one. I love that. Okay, so uh, weekly tough scorers, scoring efficiency, whatever. Down. These are the just for fun ones now. I know. I like the bad boy rankings. Who's first in bad boy rankings? Well, I think uh, Jared's been holding the bottom of the league down in standings, but he is number one in the bad boy rankings with three bad boy points. <laughs> Followed by the reading Dwayne Bows with uh, two bad boy points, and Moto also has two bad boy points with Vitaly with one. I love bad boy and, points. Um, I laugh really hard at that. I don't know how – I mean, I guess they just decided how many points you get for things, but Jared's offense was – a player on his team has committed assault at some point. <laughs> Moto has a DUI. I don't. It must be like the players you have if they have a record in what they've been if in. They, it is if they had, I believe I looked at it, and it said if they have like a police record, uh, player arrest history from the USA Today NFL player arrest database. Oh, that's one. <laughs> like, I love how there's a, a database available for that. They, they have that down. Um, so, yeah, he's – and I think if you actually – when you're looking through the teams on the spreadsheet, it actually tells you it was Julian Edelman, I guess, who got him those three bad boy points for assault. Oh, yeah. There you so, go. <laughs> um, and the viceless is uh, Mike Williams had the DUI, which oh, got yeah. him the two. Um, I'm trying to figure out where the other ones were. Um, I, My team was Le'Veon Bell for drugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just drugs. Got, got, it just says drugs, worst defense. So I'm not drugs. sure. So two two bad boy points for that, and um, I, who was the la- Vitaly had one I think. Yeah, Vitaly had one for a suspended license, but who cares about that? That's, yeah, and that was Leonard Fournette had, had the suspended license. That's ridiculous. So. Oh man, that's good. Do you want to talk about beef rankings too? Uh, I mean, I think maybe we'll just let them look at that one in the yeah, in the PDF themselves. Then. It's a uh, 
Yeah, check check out the rest of the PDF, everybody. It's got some interesting stuff about your specific teams too, and has some other graphs and things. But I thought the and it uh, looks like it's a little late, but it looks like I'll be able to do another one next week, and uh, yeah. it'll update this, and we can post that to the chirp as well, and uh, they'll be able to check out if anything's changed or how you did that week as far as these stats. So for sure, and I will say uh, next week we should be able to get some better Carlos simulations too, where we can put in our own tiebreakers. Uh, you know, next week, uh, this week we had four thousand ninety-six potential scenarios with the twelve remaining games, and uh, next week we'll only have sixty-four. So it'll be a lot easier to go through and check for tiebreakers and see who needs who to lose and things like that. But I still was able to do a little bit of analysis on my own that I shared with you earlier today, where I did an Excel yes. spreadsheet and I actually ran the four thousand ninety-six scenarios to see what's out there now i couldn't really dive deep to see who needs who to lose or you know do the tiebreakers because i don't think excel can handle that kind of stuff but i did come up with some very interesting eye-opening things i shared with you and i want us to share with the league uh right now as well because things are gonna get fucking crazy these last two weeks oh, yeah, they have unbelievable okay go ahead go ahead you you lead this one this is uh your chart so okay so Again, like I mentioned, total scenarios, 4,096 left to go. I'm going to start by talking about the keg. Now, I ran the scenarios to see how many times we could potentially have a tie for the keg. And there's a 30% chance there's going to be a tie for last place in this league for the regular season. However, that there is a 3% chance that it's a three-way tie at the bottom of the league, and then the rest, the 26, 27%, is it going to be a two-way tie for the keg? That was unexpected. That wasn't unexpected. That's what we kind of thought we'd see. Yeah, um, if you looked at the records, we could we could probably guess that a little bit. You know, Jared's, sure. Jared's hot. He won once in the last two weeks, I think, so he's... He's, good. he's got a little... He almost won this week. His team, he, he should have won this week. He his team is uh, putting up a lot of points right now, and he's just getting unlucky as the actual luck chart showed that he's just unlucky in this league right exactly. now. Exactly, so. I'm in trouble. I don't want to play in week 13, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> next, we took a look to see if there was going to be a tie for the top seed, you know, the best record in the league. Uh, we had a 25% chance there was going to be a tie at the top of the standings. It could be a two-team tie. There's 16% chance of that. There's also a 9% chance of a three-way tie. So that could be very interesting to see if, uh, you know, a tie at the top of the standings there. Now, this is where things to start get very interesting. So I looked at the second buy, assuming somebody gets the top seed, obviously, what it looks like for the second buy for everybody trying to vie for that, that uh, you know, ever-elusive second buy. There is a 47% chance that there's going to be a tie for the second buy. However, if you look at how many teams could tie for the second buy, it's anywhere from two teams to six teams could tie for second place in the league and the buy. There's a 26% chance it's only two, and then it starts falling. 14% chance it's three, 5% chance it's four, and uh, you know, just under one or just over 1% chance it's five, and even a 0.2% chance there's six teams that could tie for that second buy, which would be crazy. Because if you think That's about it, eight scenarios, and I would never, never guess six that. Six teams. If, yeah, there's eight scenarios out of the 4,000, but if six teams tie for the second buy, that means it's conceivable that you could be tied for second place in the league and be out and of playoffs. Not make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it happens. I'm afraid it happens. Okay. <laughs> 
So similarly, I did a tie for playoffs. There's, it's almost definite we're going to see a tie for play, a tie for playoffs. There's a 75% chance that there's going to be some sort of tie around that six, seven mark, that playoff cut line. Uh, but the number of teams involved is nuts. So a chance it's just two teams at six and seven, uh, tied on that line is 16% chance. Three way tie. Moto is that chance, right? Six and seven. What? Say that again. I said Moto would like that chance, right? Six and seven. Oh yes, yeah. No, he's locked in. So I, I basically made that a consistent <laughs> all the way across. Uh, there's a 30% chance it's a three-team tie, a 21% chance it's a four-team tie, a 7% chance it's a five-team tie, and a 1% chance again it's a six-team tie for that last playoff spot. Now this is where things get crazy. We've always said in this league that getting that seventh win is super important. Like, once you get the seventh win, you're feeling pretty good. Once you get to sit, like, eh, you're, you're on the bubble for your six, but you really need seven to feel locked in. Uh, Rogers, I'm going to go on record. That is not true this year. That is no, not it is, it is, true. No, it is definitely not. You are fucked at seven wins. You better get a goddamn eighth win any way you can because seven wins is on the bubble. I ran the numbers to see how many scenarios have a seven win team missing playoffs and then in those scenarios how many teams at seven wins are missing what i found is that there's a 43% chance that a one that one seven win team will lose but there's a 34% chance that two seven win teams will be out of playoffs and a 5% chance that we could have three seven win teams not in the playoffs yeah. We're looking at 82% chance that we could have more than one seven-win team not in. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. However, on the flip side, if you only have six wins, you're not totally dead. There are scenarios where uh, you have a 1.6% chance that as a six-win team, you would be in the playoffs. It's not, all, it's not I mean, many. It probably, probably comes down to that we just have – we have a couple teams that – don't have as many wins this year so though we have a lot it's like top heavy i guess what you would say as far as we're gonna have several seven win teams if not more and yeah yeah that's what i was thinking too it's like we've got you know uh wingus and we have a couple teams up top that have gotten a bunch of wins we have jared down on the back that's given up a lot of wins it's got a lot of losses and so you got really like this big bubble in the middle of teams but i'll tell you what this is going to be an absolute nightmare to figure out the scenarios for those seven win teams and if you're on seven if you are only having seven wins at the end of the year you are firmly on the bubble especially if your point scored is shit like myself if you've got decent points scored you might be fine but seven win teams is no by no means a lock into getting the playoffs yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild finish. That's for sure. I thought that was crazy. I just I couldn't believe when I saw there's a five percent chance that three seven win teams don't make playoffs. I mean that's that's crazy. It's off the charts. Yeah, so every I, year that's been the thing, but not, not I mean, this yeah, year. I mean, if you look at the hold on a second, let me pull this up. We're gonna go to let me look at the history real quick because I think we've only had one lead, one year out of the five where a seven win team didn't make it right last year the break was at seven wins seven was in six wins was out uh in 2017 we had one team yourself actually yourself had seven wins and you lost on a tiebreaker that was uh, i've had some some hot teams coming into the playoffs and just missed on making the playoffs and yeah this is crazy we have Actually, I guess the first year. The first year we had two seven-win teams out, too. But our scoring was a little wonky back then. We are still kind of figuring things out. Um, so, yeah, back in 2013, we had two seven-win teams miss. But I think we are firmly 
in a range to have a repeat of like that 2013 final standings where we just had a, you know, just a whole mess right in the middle. I mean, that year we had one, two, three, four. We had a five, seven win teams and, and two of them were out on tiebreakers. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Mr. Chris Rogers. It's been a pleasure to have you on. We look forward to your Monte Carlo simulations. Again, we'll make sure that uh, we we share that PDF with the rest of the league so they can take a look at it when they're supposed to be working. And uh, next week we'll have some more scenarios on our playoff preview show. Yeah. Uh, next week we should be able to dive in. You have the real, uh, just like the tiebreakers and what you need to happen and if you need to score, outscore someone by so many points. I just laugh because, I mean, yeah. for like weeks and weeks, everybody – like Joel, me, everybody has been saying like, oh, you know, oh, Joel especially, relax and all I need to do is get a seventh win. Well, motherfucker, you could get a goddamn eighth win too because seven wins, you are in the shit. And if you don't want to be in that mess of scoreboard watching coming into the last week and hoping you got, you know, 10 points more than the guy behind you and all this shit, it's going to be it's going to be a disaster. It really is. It's going to be crazy. I'm just, I'm just hoping to make the playoffs this year. Like I said, I've had, uh, and actually, if I do make the playoffs, I just want, my team to actually perform a little bit because I don't know the numbers. I'm sure you could pull them up. My uh, playoff points per game, they just shit the bed is pretty much what happens. Hey, oh, let me get – I have it right here. Rogers, playoff points per game. Oh, you are – you have made the playoffs. Uh, but your record in the playoffs is going to – you are winless in the playoffs. Yep. Points per and I believe game, we just 75. Don't... Yeah, 75 <laughs> points even before PPR and all that. That's, I mean, you still wanted to be near 100 before PPR, and it was like, oh, I my team shows up for nothing then. So As a reference, um, as a reference, your points per game is 74.7. Your points against per game is 111.9. That's a negative differential of 37.2. You can get I'm just, I just want – I in these last two years, I've had a hot team going in. I just, did, I just missed, and so I'm hoping this year – I get in, and my team continues to continues to shine like it has uh, lately. So I think so. Your team's looking really good. I think you're in a good spot. You know, you're like the opposite of my team, but we'll get to that. <laughs> hey, so thank you so much for joining us on the Camo Messcast. If you have any uh, additional thoughts, please please be sure to let us know. And uh, good luck this week. Good luck the next two weeks. We'll be in touch. We'll be hey. running some more scenarios. Yep. Thanks, you too. Um, it's great to be on here finally. Yeah, it's a long-time listener and, you know, first-time calling guest. Um, it's been nice. Thank you for your time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. It sounds good. All right. Again, a big, very, very big thank you to Chris Rogers for calling in this week. Uh, the keeper of the Carlo. He may be the reader, but he's the keeper of the Carlo. And uh, boy, what a hot Carlo it was. A hundred thousand scenarios run uh, to get us some predictions about what the rest of the season could look like. Uh, so we appreciate him dialing in and are looking forward to what we can come up with in the last week of the season where we can really start talking about some specific scenarios and what people need to be watching for. All right, let's get on to the next section. This week's Picks and Predictions section of the Mess Cast is brought to you by Zimro Biomet. If your mom be limping after we deposited our seed, you know we'd be pimping those hips she needs. We can fix her up right after she was pounded through the bed because our Chinese hips are the best and sold to you by your local meathead. Thank you very much, Zimro Biomet, for your support this week. Let's go ahead and end the picks, huh? Picks and Predictions. All 
All right, pick section. Uh, last week, the KML Messcast predictor was able to go 4-2 and two for the second week in a row. That has brought them back to level at 33 games and 33 games. 33 wins, 33 losses on the year. And I think we're going to continue that hot streak moving forward. All right, what's our first game up? Let's talk about King Park traveling to the Cabo Ghost. King Park projected for 101.5. Cabo Ghost really hurting right now, projected for 96.6. Uh, By week hurting the Cabo's go Cabo Ghost pretty bad. Again, we got Marlon Mack injured, and we also have Pat Mahomes, and we also have uh, Tyreek Hill on by. So not looking good for the Cabo Ghost here. Projected points, uh, 101.5. Yeah, so I said the projected points. King Park, 3-8, and eight, sitting in 10th place. Cabo goes 6-5, six 6th six place, and not feeling so good about it after all the Carlos simulations. Really feeling like he needs to get 8 wins to get in there since I don't think he has a lot of tiebreakers over his fellow man. Uh, looking at the all-time record here, we have Turo versus Maine. Deadlocked at 4-4, four and four, so we've had a good all-time record between the two of them. Looking down through these two teams... King Park starting the new Detroit quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, going up against Jacoby Brissett. Could change later tonight, though. A little preview for everybody out there. There might be some stuff in the works. That might not be Jacoby's spot. But anyway, Jacoby gets the nod for me in that side. Then we get to the running back situation. Derek Henry and Bo Scarbo for Turo going up against Tariq Cohen and Brian Hill for the Ghosts. I hate what the Ghosts have going right there, so of course I'm going to take Derek Henry and Bo Scarborough. Wide receivers, you got Amari Cooper and Mike Evans for Turo going up against Odell Beckham and Devontae Adams, who both have Qs next to their name. Nothing better than seeing that, but if they're healthy, I definitely like Odell Beckham and Devontae Adams better. Even though they really haven't been showing it on the field, I'm still going to take the upside because I am the captain and I'm going down with this ship. Tight end, Gerald Everett for Turo going up against Zach Ertz for the Cabo Ghost. Again, I think I like Ertz a little bit better on that side. Flex position, Cortland Sutton going up against Marquise Brown uh, for the Ghost. I'm hoping that uh, James Conner is out, so Jalen Samuels can be my flex here. But either way, I really like Cortland Sutton, so I'm going to go with him. Defense and kicker, you have Jets and Joey Sly for Turo going up against the Raiders and Greg Zerline for the Cabo Ghosts. Greg Zerline can die in a fiery car wreck for as much as I'm concerned, so I am definitely going with the Jets and Joey Sly. Oh, we have head-to-head defense matchup, Turo. I didn't know that. That's going to be interesting. Anyway, as far as a pick, I'm definitely taking Turo in this one. The Cabo Ghosts are in a total train wreck, total dumpster fire, total rock slide, avalanche, whatever you want to call it. They're just clinging for dear life and hoping they can squeak out a win. I don't think it happens this week, though, and I am picking Turo to win. All righty, let's move on to this next game. These nuts. Ha! Got him! Ha! Got him! <laughs> this game here is going to be really thought about making it the game of the week. Full disclosure, thought about making it the game of the week. I would say it was the second runner-up. It is, of course, the GOAT train. Six and five, fifth place, going to fighting for 11, seven and four, fourth place. So fourth versus fifth place. And boy, this is going to be a good one. GOAT train projected for 117.3, which you think would be amazing until you see what Vitaly is projected for. And that is a cool 125.8. Might be the highest projection we've seen all year out of the league. All-time record between these two. Let's take a quick look here. Joel versus Vitaly. Vitaly's favored five games to three. Looking down through these two teams, you've got the newly acquired Baker Mayfield at quarterback for the GOAT train going up against Matt Ryan for fighting for 11. I like Matt Ryan on that side of things because Baker Mayfield has been absolute dog shit all year, and I think it continues throughout the rest of the last, what, two weeks of regular season into the playoffs for us. Running back situation, Nick Chubb and Jordan Howard for the GOAT train going up against Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley for Vitaly. I think you've got to stick with Kamara and Gurley on that side. Wide receivers, Michael Thomas and DJ Shark going up against Chris Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins. Very, very, very close matchup here for me. 
I'm going to call it a wash. I don't know who you can pick. I think any week you can't go wrong with those those four guys, so I'm just going to leave it as is. Tight end Darren Waller going up against Greg Olson. Waller is a huge advantage there for Joel, in my opinion. Flex position DK Metcalf for the GOAT train going up against Leonard Fournette for fighting for 11. Leonard Fournette, even though I hate him, has just been completely solid. So I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette on that side of things, even though DK Metcalf has been a red zone target a lot this year. Defense, you got the Browns and Matt Gay going for Goat Train, going up against Steelers and Will Lutz for fighting for 11. Boy, the Goat Train is is, is heavy. Heavy Miami. Heavy Miami uh, this week. Or heavy Browns, rather. Heavy Browns. So I'm going to take Steelers and and Will Lutz because the Steelers get Cincinnati and they're a better defense. And I think Cincinnati's just a a terrible, terrible team. So I think that could be good for the Steelers. In the end, I think I got to pick Vitaly. I hate to do it, but I think I got to pick Vitaly. Just the margin's too big. It just looks like things are lining up for him, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Vitaly to uh, cruise to a victory in this one. Throwing it in there, and let's go ahead and get on to game number three. These nuts, ha! got him, got him. Game number three, we have Overerts traveling to the Viceless. Overerts 2-9, 11th place out of playoffs, eliminated his season. The Viceless 6-5, 7th place just out of playoffs and looking for that 7th win. He's got the 6th one under his belt, ladies and gentlemen. Here he goes, looking for that 7th. Projected points 96.1 to 99.8, so we've got about a 3, 4-point line favoring the Viceless in this one. What do we have for an all-time record between these two idiots? Uh, Moto versus Scott. Moto holds the record 3 games to 1. So Scott has only beaten him one time. Let's check out what we got going down through here for players. Drew Brees traveling to Carolina going up against Carson Wentz for the Viceless. So I'm going to like Brees a little bit. Wentz, Wentz was a hot preseason pickup, and he just, again, another guy that hasn't shown it. Uh, so I think you got to stick with Brees on that side. Kareem Hunt and Devin Singletary at the running back position for Scott going up against Mark Ingram and Saquon Barkley for the Viceless. Viceless continues this man crush on Saquon. Don't even give him a trade offer for him because he won't even listen to it. He'll tell you to go screw yourself and be very, very rude about it in the process if that's even more possible than the way he is normally. But anyway, I do like his running backs better between Saquon and Mark Ingram. Wide receiver position, Kenny Galladay and John Brown going up against Curtis Samuel and Devontae Parker for the Viceless. Devontae Parker has been hot. I can't believe you can start him, but you can. Um, I still think I like Galladay and John Brown a little bit better than I like Samuel and Devontae Parker overall, so I'm going to stick with the Galladay and Brown side of the equation. Yeah, you got a little bit of bye week issue, don't you, Moto? Not Nothing major. Boy, your team's not that not awesome, but you're going to beat me, so. Anyway, uh, tight end George Kittle for over Ertz going up against Terry. Uh, check that. Jacob Hollister for the Viceless. George Kittle obviously gets the nod for me on that side. George Kittle, I'm surprised he's six. He doesn't feel like he's been six. Flex position, Taylor Gabriel for Scott going up against Terry McLaurin for the Viceless. I don't even, don't make me pick because those are both just two terrible, terrible flex options, but I'm just going to let that be. Terry McLaurin's averaging 11.6 points a game. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, defense and kicker, Seahawks and Young Ho Koo for Scott Thoman going up against the Saints and Kaimi for the Viceless. Anytime Kaimi's involved, I am taking him, so I like the Saints and Kaimi better for Viceless. As far as a pick, I, I have to pick Scott. I'm gonna. I'm not trying to do a reverse jinx here. I'm trying to just choose the team I want to win, and I want Scott to win because I want Moda to stick at six wins and be sweating out the last week of the season. 
Oh, God, I really hope it happens. All right, everybody cross your fingers, cross your toes, touch your nose. Let's see if we can get it done on to game number four. These nuts. Ha! Got him! Game number four is the Chalupa Batman. Six and five, eighth place, traveling to Captain Skur. Five and six, ninth place. Boy, this is going to be an interesting one. Chalupa Batman projected 105.72, Captain Skur's 88.7. So we've got a pretty stiff line of 17 points favoring the Chalupa Batman. These teams have played before, but I really don't care about previous meetings because everybody's teams change so much. But anyway. All-time wreck between Dylan Mina, deadlocked again at 4-4, four four, so another good even matchup between these two guys. Let's go ahead and take a look down through here and see what we have for players. I have clicked the wrong button, so go ahead and listen to a musical interlude while I get back to where I need to go. Okay, here we go. Deshaun Watson for the Chalupa Batman going up against Dak Prescott for Captain Skurve. I like Watson, even though he has not played up to his potential and Dak has been the better QB on the year by a fair margin. I still like Deshaun Watson's upside. So I'm going to be taking Deshaun Watson in that matchup there. Running back position, Christian McCaffrey and Philip Lindsay going up against Miles Sanders and Tevin Coleman. No question here. Anytime you got Caffrey, you can have Caffrey and a guy in a wheelchair and I'd still probably like that side of the running back equation better than the other teams. Wide receivers, Michael Gallup and Muhammad Sanu going up against Allen Robinson and Marvin Jones Jr. I think Robinson and Jones Jr. are two good plays, two touchdown guys that could get it done if they need to, so I'm going to give mine off the edge there. Tight end, Eric Ebron going up against Jason Witten. Jason Witten is days away from assisted living, so I'm going to take Ebron in that equation. Flex position, Jamison Crowder, the PPR monster, going up against Duke Johnson. I think newly acquired dude. No, you've got Duke Johnson for a while. Duke Johnson for my not. Uh, Jamison Crowder just gets too many targets to not, not pick his side of things, so I think I like Jamison Crowder there. And then finally, defense and kicker. you got Bears defense and Austin Siebert for Cleveland going up against the 49ers D and Justin Tucker. Minot has the advantage for me on that side between 49ers D and Tucker. I think that's a really nice double stack. Something he doesn't have to worry about. You can roll that out there every single week. So in this matchup, I think the, the, the mountain's just too great. I think Bill gets his seventh win. I think Captain Skurve is all but eliminated from playoffs here. This is really a must win for him. So he's going to be watching it like a hawk. But in the end, I think Chalupa Batman are able to get the job done. I'm going to go ahead and pencil that in here as a pick. And we are ready to get onto the Keg Watch Game of the Week. The Keg Watch Game of the Week. Keg Watch Game of the Week. I can't even. Uh, I can't. Uh, this is going to be tough. Keg Watch Game of the Week is the Bodfather, 1 in 10, 12th place, traveling to Gordon Lucko, 8 and 3, second place. Now, the problem is these two teams, from a projected point standpoint, have not filled out their rosters. Bodfather currently has three empty roster spots, including QB uh, and Flex trying to figure out what he's going to do, trying to make a move, so we'll see if he makes one. Gordon Lucko also missing a kicker. However, it still looks like even with all those things added in there, actually the Botfather might have the edge. We'll see what he can get done here, but it's not even worth really talking about projected points uh, until they, these guys fill a roster. So Jared versus Rob all-time. Jared holds the edge over Rob five games to three, and looking down through, I don't. how do I even, I can't even like, talk about this game. Like, Bodfather doesn't have a quarterback, but he's going up against Aaron Rodgers, so whoever Bodfather gets isn't going to be Aaron Rodgers, so I like Aaron Rodgers' side of that equation a little bit better, even though Aaron Rodgers traveling to San Francisco could be a tough game for him. But, uh, boy, he does need a quarterback. 
maybe he'll have one by the end of the night. You never know. Running backs, Joe Mixon and Ronald Jones for the Bodfather going up against Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Williams. The newly acquired Jonathan Williams for Gordon Lucko. I really like Josh Jacobs. He's good. So I'm going to take uh, that side of the equation, even though Jonathan Williams is the new guy on the block. But I think the Colts like to run the ball, and I think he can do it. I mean, what do you have, like 116 rushing yards last week and in, in when he filled in for Marlon Mack or whatever? So there you go. Uh, wide receivers, you got Julian Edelman and Julio Jones, the J&J, Johnson & Johnson. That's not Johnson and John. I don't even know why I said that. Julian Edelman, Julio Jones going up against Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel. I obviously like Edelman and Jones better there. Cooper Cup cooled off a little bit after his hot start. Probably should have tried to sell him when he was hot rather than when he's cold. Uh, tight end position, Evan Ingram going up against Noah Fant. Obviously, Ingram I like a little bit better on that side of things. I think Ingram... Oh, wait, is Ingram not supposed to play? Oh, hold on a second. Is Ingram not projected to play? He's projected for zero. Hold on. Hey, he's got a shot. He's got a shot to play. I think he does. I think he'll play. I think he'll play at Chicago unless it's terrible weather, so I'm going to say Ingram plays, and I like him better if he does play. Uh, flex position, can't even talk about it, but uh, Gordon Lego has Golden Tate. And then defense and kicker, we got the Rams for the Bodfather and whoever he picks up for kicker. Uh, and the Lions and Dan Bailey. Actually, he's going to need a kicker too, so the Lions and, and some kicker. Boy, I can't even talk about it. Anyway... Uh, the Rams at Baltimore is a terrible matchup for that defense, so I'm going to take the Lions get get to feast on Washington. So I'm going to take that side of the equation for for uh, Rob. And so yeah, I think I think Rob's going to get this win. I really do. I mean, I don't really love his team, but uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, boy, yeah, I'm going to give it to Rob. Let's let's give it to Rob and move on with our lives, huh? I'm done talking about this shit game. Nope, that's not. There we go. All right, Rob has been penciled in to the Camel Mess Cast predictions. And uh, we'll see if we can get that W, which actually would be pretty, well, really wouldn't be that important for bye week stuff. But eight, how the fuck do your team has eight wins? That's crazy. Thanks, Cooper Cup. Lucky bastard. Anyway, moving on. Behold, you sons of bitches. It's the KML Game of the Week. This game, this game I am excited for because you have our first place team, Straight Bums Homie 9 and 2 first place going up against Reading Dwayne Bow 7 and 4 third place. We have the first place team going against the hottest team in the league, in my opinion. Projected points, Straight Bums, Homie 105.8, Reading Dwayne Bow 102.4, but don't let you that fool you. These are two teams heading in this opposite directions, and we're, we're going to find out what this, these two teams are made of in this matchup right here. I really think so. I think this is going to be super important. Uh, all-time record, Wingus versus Rogers. Rogers favored five games to four over Wingus. Looking down through these uh, players, we got Lamar Jackson for Wingus going up against Russell Wilson. Wilson's been unbelievable, but I still think Jackson probably finishes the year a little bit stronger, so I'm going to stick with him. Dave Montgomery and Chris Carson, the running back position, going up against Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott. I like Zeke and Bell better, even though Ezekiel has uh, New England. I think that he can run the ball still when he needs to, so I'm going to take that for Rodgers. Wide receiver position, Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore going up against Calvin Ridley and D.D. Westbrook. I hate the D.D. Westbrook play. I really don't like it at all. Um, boy, you are, you're in trouble. Wide receiver. You don't have a lot of good wide receivers there. Yeah, but anyway, I'm going to take Lockett and Moore for sure. 
On that side of things, tight end position, Mark Andrews for Wingus going up against Jack Doyle. Mark Andrews gets the nod for me there as well. Uh, flex position, J.D. McKissick going up against Aaron Jones. Of course, there's no question that Aaron Jones is the better play, so I'm giving it to Aaron Jones for Rodgers. And then your defense and your kicker, you got Ravens and Josh Lambeau going up against the Jaguars and Brett Mayer. I am going to say that... Boy, that's interesting, actually. I'm going to give it to Ravens and Josh Lambeau. I really am. I think Ravens and Josh Lambeau are going to be a slight advantage there, but not a big one, but a slight advantage there for the bums. Boy, I'll tell you what. In this matchup, I'm going to give it to the bums, and here's why. I think it might be the bums' year. I do. Had a golden horseshoe up his ass all fucking year. Is what the luckiest team out of the entire thing, and really when it comes down to a lot of this stuff, I mean, you got to make some smart moves. You got to do what you can. But we have two two proofs in the pudding teams. We got the straight bums, homie, who've been the luckiest team, sitting at nine and two, one game clear of first place, prime for a bye. And then we have poor Jared the Bod, J Rod the Bod Limbuck, sitting down there at one and ten, but he's been the least lucky team. And I think that's what really a lot of fantasy comes down to is you got to make smart moves, put yourself in the right position. But in the end, it really is just so much about luck. And uh, when you're hot, you're hot. And I think Straight Bumps Homie just can't be beat right now. He, he gets all the right matchups. He gets all the right breaks. And I think it continues. I'm giving him the matchup as he starts his, his what is he going to be, uh, four-game win streak to the chip? Four or five-game win streak to the chip? And I don't know if it starts here. He might have one loss in him next week. But I think he uh, he's primed for a pretty deep playoff run here. So I'm giving it to Straight Bumps Homie. And that about wraps things up this week. On the mess cast, let's get into the final thought and wrap this thing up because it's getting a little long. Final thoughts. This week's final thoughts haiku is titled The Pucker. <coughs> Only two weeks left. How tight can your butthole get? Let's find out this week. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the KMLMS cast. Again, I am your host, Maine. Appreciate appreciate each and every one of you listening every week. I uh, had a great time doing it this year and looking forward to playoffs. should be a good time. Regardless, if I'm in it or not, I will still continue to do this all the way through the championship weekend, at least. i uh, got a couple things coming up next week or in the coming weeks. I, would, I think we're going to talk very in-depth here on a playoff preview show. Looking to do a remote podcast with a buddy next week. Uh, so we might actually have another host on here, which would be uh, very exciting for everybody involved. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to the KML, well, not the, just KMLMessCast at gmail.com. And that about wraps things up. Good luck to all the teams that need to win. And remember, seven wins is not safe at all. You better be looking for eight. So all those six-win teams, I hate to say it, but I think this is a must-win week for everybody that's at the five and the six-win mark. Oh, boy. All right, everybody, prepare to pucker because I think there's going to be a lot of puckering this week as uh, teams try to squeak out a win and uh, do anything they can. So, until next time, everybody, talk to you later. Great cash, homie.